Rob, Anybody, and Dawn setting the standards since standards were dramatically lowered. This is Rad Radio. Got a couple follow-up emails, rad at radradio.com. Uh, yesterday, Valentine's Day, a couple new surveys were released, including one about how more than any other generation, Gen Zers are polarized when it comes to dating. If you don't check every box, I am not even going to go out with you. For young women, it's they are getting more and more liberal. For young men, they are getting more and more conservative. They both say, though, they don't want to date anyone who is MAGA Trump. So you've got conservatives, but then you've got Trumpsters on the right. Um, and then they have these all these lists. You know, if you're a young woman, you better be a socialist. You better be anti-capitalism. Uh, you better be fully on board for everything with LGBTQ and all the alphabets. We got this note from Gregory. Hey, Greg. Who uh, sounds like he's more in in our our, our boat, uh, which is probably makes sense because if you're on those fringes, you wouldn't even listen to us. <laughs> Says, uh, I actually appreciate when people are so open about political things because I'm avoiding you like the plague, if that's the most Whoa. important thing in your life. Oh, amen. Yeah. One of the things, half of all young women said, you are a red flag no-go if you as a young man we refuse to see the Barbie movie. Brianna says, I once dumped a guy because he didn't like Schindler's List. He didn't understand it, and I couldn't handle that level of stupid. A little different, at least he went and saw the movie. Mm-hmm. These young women are saying, you won't even go see Barbie? Well, and... See, she is giving an example of what I was talking about earlier of what we would make decisions based on. You weren't basing that on a movie. You were basing that on what you felt his intelligence level was and what you wanted in a person when it came to intelligence. Now, I love when whacked out political people write us claiming they're not whacked out political people. They they lay bare what their uh, what their tilt is, and they also get facts completely wrong. Those are those. These are my favorites. So uh, thank you, Shannon, for writing in, R-E-D at radradio.com. Dawn was talking about the difference between uh, dating when when Dawn and I were in the Gen Z phase, mid-20s or whatever, back in the 90s, and now, and and listed off the litany of things that we cared about, none of which were political until maybe something came up. And even then it was like, okay, we just don't see eye to eye on on that. Yep. Uh, She says, you have to remember that back in the 90s, rights weren't threatened to mean taken away like they are now. Roe v. Wade was not challenged. Queenie's rights, that's Dawn's niece, who's a transgender female, are now threatened in some states. The U.S. wasn't so threatening as it is now. That's all wrong. I'll get to that in a moment. I'm not politically charged. Oh. But if you are okay with the threatening rights of, with threatening rights of my LGBTQIA daughter and partners, we're going to have problems. Okay, Shannon, here's a little history lesson for you. First of all, Queenie didn't exist in the 90s. We wouldn't let him. We put him in institutions. There was no such thing as being a transgender, and it was so scary. They stayed hidden. They, they wouldn't talk about it. If they said they were trapped in another body, they were deemed as nuts. Get him into psychology classes uh, uh, immediately. As for rights not being challenged, the uproar over President Bill Clinton and the don't ask, don't tell policy of allowing gay people to serve in the military was on fire. It was abs- it was over the top. You're too young, apparently, I guess, or you were too not involved to remember how divisive that that topic was. And Roe v. Wade. See, this is where you give up your political tilt with everything you say. When you say Roe v. Wade was not challenged, what you're saying is you're ardently pro-choice, which fine, I don't care. It was constantly being threatened, challenged, attacked. Thank you. Endlessly. What are you? See, I don't know if she's what you said. Um, That she was of our generation, grew up same age as us, but just wasn't aware. Or if she's, and I hope you're not this one. Jesus. Because this one is my least favorite. Those that are younger than us that are going to tell us about our generation. 
generation. Yeah, something we live. Hun, you weren't even there. You didn't live it. Mm. Zip it. Yeah, please. Oh, God. Uh, I bumped this up. Uh, oh, gotta go I was going to say, you think Shannon has a, somebody she's dating recently? <laughs> well, her, you know, because uh -oh. of her hardcore political views we're talking about in the last segment. <laughs> I like it, Kyle. I got it. <laughs> So I, I bumped this up uh, because uh, it, it just ties into what we're talking about. Because uh, I, I alluded to the John Stewart thing again yesterday. Brand Brandon, uh oh, yes. <laughs> did you do your homework? I did. Okay. <gasps> Yay! So, I so did. before we get to the update, uh, what what did you think? You know, I've been raving about. For me, it was so nostalgic to have John Stewart back as the host of the Daily Show uh, Mondays all the way through the election. It felt to me like he hadn't skipped a beat, and it was the same old thing that I remember. So true. It was so nostalgic, but also so comforting, because it took me back to that time um, when early 2000s, when they were really hitting their stride, and, and Jon Stewart and Colbert were, were going back and forth with the, the shows back to back. And it, just that time period in my life felt so good, because I could rely on them to give me a straightforward look at what's happening in the political uh, climate. And that's exactly how I felt last night. It just felt so refreshing and it made me want to get more involved. Like he, he mm. does, he has an effect that makes you get juiced up and amped up about <laughs> getting involved and, and lo knowing more about what's happening in our country. So, and after all of that, uh, Colbert went whacked out left and Stewart never changed. And the environment in the country did. So, so John Stewart, is now just like Bill Maher and just like Joe Rogan and just like us. They play what is called the both-siderism game, as in we recognize both sides suck, and we're not afraid to point out the things that each side is doing, left or right, that are wrong or how flawed their candidates are, which is why Jon Stewart has been attacked endlessly for his Monday night performance on, uh, on Comedy Central. The left and the right both do this. If you are, if you are uh, deemed to be right of center, deemed to be a conservative right now in America, and you say anything about Trump, you are off the island. You are kicked off, you are pilloried, you are boycotted, you are canceled. Same thing on the left. If you're perceived, like Jon Stewart is, to be left of center with most of your views, and you attack Biden, or you attack climate change, or you attack anything that is their dogma, off the island, canceled, get away from me. And that's what Jon Stewart is experiencing after returning to The Daily Show and bringing it prominence to the cultural conversation again. His return, by the way, delivered big ratings mm -hmm. for Comedy Central. Viewership shot up to almost uh, just under 2 million people in real time. It is the biggest audience for the show in, coincidentally, seven years. The exact time when Trevor <laughs> Noah took over. That's interesting. Yeah, they've had record low ratings. Anyways, anyways. Um, he opened, uh, John Stewart did, with a 20-minute monologue going after Donald Trump and Joe Biden specifically mocked the current president after his disastrous press conference last week where Biden struggled to assure Americans that he was still cognitively, cognitively capable of performing his duties. And rather than me try to tell you what he said, I'm going to let you listen to it. In, this is about three minutes into his opening monologue, and he talks about the report that we referenced on the show that said President Biden's memory was shot, that he couldn't, in his deposition with the special counsel, remember when his son died. He couldn't remember when he was vice president. And then... Stewart, in the same monologue, comes back and says, my God, this guy, most powerful man in the world, he has no memory. Can you imagine what that deposition looked like? And then he plays clips of Donald Trump not being able to remember anything in depositions. <laughs> and, 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 he, and at the very end, at, at the very end, he, Stewart comes back and he goes, oh, oh wait, that was the, that's the other candidate for president. Um, and then, and then he, he goes on uh, with another mocking of the, the ages and the memories. But here's the first one. So Joe Biden. 
Biden and Donald Trump. And by the way, this weekend, the big news was the special counsel report on Joe Biden's handling of classified information. The special counsel's report offers scathing details of what it calls his diminished faculties and faulty memory. This guy couldn't remember stuff during his deposition. Do you understand what that means? He had no ability to recall very basic things under questioning. The footage of the president unable to recall simple facts must have been brutal to watch. James Webb. I don't remember the names. I don't remember the name. I don't remember ever buying something for myself. Do you recall what years you were married to Ms. Maples? Trump just sits there quietly. He doesn't know when he was married to her. Um, I mean, I, I don't remember that. Okay, okay. As, as good as my memory is, I don't remember that. But I have a, I have a good memory. So you don't remember saying you have one of the best memories? I, I don't remember. That last question is, so you don't remember saying you have a great memory? And he says, I know I don't remember. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was the wrong footage. That's the high-functioning candidate oh, from man. nine years ago, unable to recall if he has a good memory. So then Stewart goes on and he plays three minutes of clips of Biden stumbling, bumbling, rumbling through oh. that press conference where he called the president of Mexico the president of Egypt. And then he goes on to play clips of, of, of Biden again, not being able to remember things, but they are clips of, of Trump. So he, he did that whole thing. And then after the three minutes of the Biden's uh, press conference, Stewart goes on and he says this. So yes, everyone spent the entire weekend talking about whether the Democratic choice for president is mentally up to the challenge of the world's most demanding job. So what was his opponent saying this weekend? We have to win in November or we're not gonna have Pennsylvania. They'll change the name. They're gonna change the name of Pennsylvania. <laughs> It should be noted, while concerns over any president's fitness and acuity are legitimate, especially those at an advanced age, Biden's opponent also seems to live at the villages. So, <laughs> the question then becomes, what the f are we doing here, people? Yep. So here you have Stewart, yep. viewed as left of center. Mm. And because he's practicing the policy of, I'm taking shots at both sides, he is drawing fire from Democrats. Remember, if he was right of center, Republicans would be canceling him. Instead, Democrats are. In fact, liberal jerkwad Jordan Klepper, who occasionally hosts The Daily Show, he, and he is as whacked out as Colbert is, yeah. on that same episode, asked Stewart on the air, quote, so did you save democracy with your both-siderism? And that's that demeaning term uh, that people use if you have the audacity to attack what I view as my side. And that's precisely the blowback that happened. Podcast host liberal Michael Elston tweeted, quote, If you're a Democrat with high hopes about the return of Jon Stewart, save your excitement. The first half of his return was both sides in the age issue. Jon Stewart is not your friend, end quote. Chris Jackson, an election commissioner in Tennessee for the Democrats, tweeted, quote, So you say because Biden is old, he is basically as bad as Trump. Sorry, I won't be watching you, end quote. Former MSNBC host and lunatic Keith Olbermann tweeted, quote, after nine years away, there's nothing else to say to the both-sidest fraud John Stewart except, please make it another nine years, end quote. Uh, a Democrat activist tweeted, quote, John Stewart retired and came back as Bill Maher. So disappointing, end quote. Another Biden supporter wrote, quote, President Biden honored John Stewart for his work on the PACT Act. That's the one that expanded the VA health care for the burn pits and the Agent Orange thing. And this is how you pay him back. I will never forgive you, forgive you, end quote. 
Elon Musk, who's also a both-siderist, tweeted out, balance and humor have returned. That is what yes. the political landscape is like. Thank you, Elon. Uh, yes. Yeah, exactly. I, oh, my gosh. It's so crazy. I think that uh, we've talked about this before, and it might be like such a shock, I think, to a lot of people in this day and age. There was a time you almost couldn't tell the difference between a Democrat and Republican. And I understand we've, we've always had like this two-party side, right? I, I don't know if always is the correct word, but pretty much. But there were, there were so many things that were similar because it's so strange to me now when someone says, as if it's a bad thing, that you're a both-sider. That equals an American to me. Mm-hmm. Like, you yep. cannot have a country run only on liberal policies. You can't. You also cannot have this this country, I should sort of verify, run on just conservative um, uh, policies. It, we have all here. Like, it's like you all really, un- are you understanding you want to turn us into a country where it is run just one way and that's it? And then the other half just never gets anything? That's not how we're supposed to be. It's so, but I, I but I guess that's how you all want it. I, I don't, do they though? I feel like the left and the right fringe are so in the fringe, they think they actually represent America while the rest of us in the middle, I, I really think we are America. And we really, we're reality. To them, I think they think they're the true America and they're the reality. You're not. I just, we don't, I guess, I don't know. We just don't get involved enough. I don't know what it is. I'm too busy to to get involved like they do, I guess. That's the difference. That's always been the difference. Again, this is not new. This 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 is one of those things that leads my dad to believe that we will all get through this and everything will be fine. Because when you've lived almost 100 years and you've seen this happen more than once, you don't get as concerned. The early 60s, we had what Dawn was just describing. JFK was was pro-strong military, pro-tax cuts, and is the hero of the Democratic Party. Late 60s, we became what we are today, which continued into the early 70s and came back in the 80s with Ronald Reagan. Then came the 90s when we had, once again, what Dawn is describing, where it was, hey, we're not that far apart, and if we are, it's not that big a deal. Now we're back to being... Late 60s, mid-80s America. And by the way, people at that time were saying it was the end of the country, too. That would be the positive spin on it. <laughs> that is a lot more comforting okay. to hear because I had yeah. no idea the 60s were that way. In the, late, the, 60s. The late 60s. Well, early 60s, good. Late 60s, bad. Okay. Well, I still had no idea that we we're just doing a repeat of the late 60s, maybe early 70s. Because at first, you know, going through with my first time going through this whole political divide makes you wonder, is there really a shadow government? And is are people just trying to, is, is that government trying to divide the Americans so they can conquer and divide in a sense? Also all said, by the way, in their own way, uh, in the, the late 60s and the mid really? 80s. Absolutely. Oh. It, it all, it all, everything repeats. It, this is not necessarily tied to what we're, uh, what we're talking about. Mid 80s, as uh, President Reagan is, uh, is staving off the, the Soviet Union and there's the arms race and such. He gets his nickname because he goes to his ranch for vacations and such. Uh, he's, he's President Cowboy, and not in a good way. He's going to shoot everybody, ask questions Jeez, later. God. 20 years later, what's George W. Bush's uh, nickname? Yep. President yep. Cowboy, <laughs> for the same reasons. Yeah. Mary Trump, who is a writer and prominent critic of her uncle, a guy named Donald, took to X, formerly Twitter, to share her thoughts on Jon Stewart. Remember, this is, this is, uh, this is a, a niece of Donald Trump who does not like him and has been very vocal about it. She says, this is bull crap, but she didn't say crap. Not only is Jon Stewart's both sides are the same rhetoric, not funny, it's a disaster for democracy. What? Whatever. <laughs> that, that doesn't make Apparently, sense. 
apparently it's a family trait in in the Trump genealogy to make wildly asinine, exaggerated, state, exaggerated statements. She goes on to say, John Stewart was making a straight-up comparison. There are no excuses here. Donald is compulsive and unhinged. He is inept. He isn't capable. He is a disaster. She goes on to say that Biden's accomplishments are, quote, astounding, while Donald Trump is a fascist, a racist, and cognitively impaired. It's funny how you get people scared and almost worried put in a corner and how they lash out when they know they're being targeted in a certain way. No kidding. Someone's not in the will. Um, <laughs> well, I don't want to be in the will because there's nothing in it. He doesn't have any money. It's all a house of cards. <laughs> Cody wrote in and say, uh, to say the obvious, really, no offense, Cody, both sides have turned into little children now. If you don't do things my way, I'm taking my ball and I'm going home, forcing everyone to, exact, uh, to think the exact same way. Right, which is, remember, on the left, when you go far enough and you're forcing everyone to think the way you do that's full-on communism on the right when you go super right and you're forcing everybody to think what you think that's fascism nazism that's that's where the extremes are or are headed laura says everything repeats but what makes this time seem worse that's the key word is how fast things spread like wildfire through social media yeah, that too and the big question is are they worse or does it just seem worse it is certainly un- inarguable that it, what what Laura finished with there, the 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 disinformation and the propagandizing spreads so much quicker, and, and I mean it's immediate on on social media, and and the 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 big twist to it now is that people, as as I've said many times, they will believe anything they read on the internet, while at the same time believing nothing. That we had that guy write in about. Uh, what were the were the jets that flew over the Super Bowl AI generated? <laughs> That's right. Oh, and and Dawn's husband Gary had called in and said, "Do some research. They've released cameras." That really and... made him mad. Well, but <laughs> but he's like, "What the That's hell, fake. Dude? It's fake." Oh God. The, the oh, Pentagon. So first, one of the pilots released some of his footage. The Pentagon has re- now released all of this footage of the takeoff, the prep, the flyover. It's all fake. It's AI generated. It's a deep fake, according to people who believe that no jets flew over Allegiant Stadium <laughs> on Sunday at the Super Bowl. Whoever thought we could handle this much information? Mm. We should have never. We do not deserve to have the access to as much information as we have. We, we Oh, my God. This is why empires oh. run by humans have failed at every turn. At some point, we prove how inept we are as a race. Well, it is kind of scary now. I mean, last last time we had a presidential election, everybody was worried about all the fake news that was out there and all the fake news articles. Now we have AI. And the, with the ability to pick and choose what you think is real and what isn't real and then just blow it off on AI is a little concerning. And Well, it's, it's, it's deemed, just to kind of get, uh, point out how understating you're making this, Kyle, it is deemed by our national security experts as the number one threat to our democracy in 2024 because it's already out there. We've talked about how Russell Crowe is selling condos in Malta. No, he's not. They just made an image of him. And it's real. It looks so real. Do that with Biden and Trump. That's what you're going to get between March and November. There are going to be endless videos that are going to circulate out there, and they're going to be not just on the dark web or the black web. They're going to be prominent, and they're going to be believed by people that want to. And our days of accepting elections are over. Whatever happens, no one's going to accept the person actually won. Right, right. That, close that, or not. That, it's, it, 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 close it doesn't or not. matter. Um, and there, there is another big problem in there, too, with how, how good the Democratic Party is at early voting. 
and and getting people to vote more conveniently and early. And meanwhile, and the, the only problem with this is that we're not getting, I don't want to say legitimate. We're not getting an actual representation of the country because Republicans, I mean Republican voters, they're so ingrained with, I'm going to do it the old school way. I'm going to do it the way we've always done it in America. Like they're just strident. They refuse to progress. They have to vote on election day. Well, guess what? A lot of them don't then. And the, meanwhile, the Democrats are like, I'll, I'll vote now. That We just saw this in New York. The, the Democrats just won a, a seat in Congress they never should have won, and they won it by a lot. That's what made me think of it. And, and there's no denying that election, and we know why. Because the Democrats voted early because the Democrats' number one, Democratic voters' number one priority, a new poll yesterday, stop Trump. That is their number one priority. That is not the Republicans' number one priority. Republican voters are not saying stop Biden. They're more worried about other things like the border, but they don't connect it to Biden. And these are all going to create an environment for the next six months that is going to be oh so fun to watch. Hey, is there somewhere else I could go? We're going to play uh, the pressure cooker right now. Uh, you're going to win a one-month membership to Rad TV and members.radradio.com. You're going to be qualified to win one of ten pair of top-tier tickets to see Sticks at the Hard Rock Live in Sacramento, including one of you will snag upfront tickets to the show on February 27th. The Pressure Cookers are daily trivia game. We play it every single day, although we don't get a winner every single day. We sure don't. It's trivia. You either know it or you don't. You know. Five right, 30 seconds. None of that matters unless you're caller 18 right now. You can do it. 888-989-9811. Caller 18 plays the Pressure Cookers. Rob. Anybody. And Dawn. The Rob. Anybody. And Dawn Show.